All right, welcome in to The Realist Show on radio, your daily dose of reality radio. This is The Clay Edwards Show. I am Clay Edwards. This is the free-range human show of choice. And man, does that mean more now than it used to. We're live in the Mack hike of Flowood Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios out here at the lovely Cotton Exchange Plaza in Flora, Mississippi. I'm joined here in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studios again today by my good friend and yours, a mentor of mine of sorts and a good friend of mine, Mr. Mike Madison, who we got so wound up yesterday, forgot to even mention it. Mike does have a show back here on 103.9 a couple days a week here on... Wednesdays and Thursdays at is it at ten a nine a.m. nine to ten nine yeah. to ten, yeah, um, yeah. Thanks, I appreciate having me back on. I, this is you know for six years on WYAB, I talked about the Federal Reserve, and, and I always admitted even when I talked about it, I knew that people's eyes glazed over. It's not um, it's not ratings gold, but the reason I've done it is because people have got to understand this institution. Uh, I'm a libertarian. I, I left the Republican Party back in 2004, maybe. Uh, just really got fed up with them, and and I, I haven't been a, like a libertarian party member, but I was just I just realized we've been sold out by the Republican Party, and um and, and started understanding kind of the con job, the 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 grift that's being run on all of us. And this is why I, I'm I'm my show's never about political divisions. I don't punch, you know sideways to other normal human beings all of my anger is towards the people at the top in the federal reserve people are about to take a prison pounding from this institution and i appreciate the time on your air and the space they've given me here at wyab to try to explain this institution to people and why we should be so opposed to it because there's not a politician out there outside of you know, libertarian-leaning people and a couple of libertarian-leaning Republicans that even talk about this thing, yet it is destroying the American middle class. Well, I think it's important for people like myself with the platform to to understand when something's bigger than us and something needs to be amplified that's important. Yeah, it, and it's going to be in everybody's life now. A- absolutely. And, I mean, yesterday I think I sent you the link <clears throat> The regions, so a, yep. a bank that's very popular here, had its trading halted multiple times. Yeah, I was like, that hits home. I mean, I don't have a regions account, but I know a lot of people that do. Yeah, I mean, that hits home when you start having local banks or banks that are local to us uh, having their trading halted in the midst of what's going on out there. Well, I have spent probably, in, 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 and I am admittedly an economics nerd uh, i'm also uh you know i had my series six and series seven licenses i was a financial advisor so i've you know i've been in the industry it's been a long time uh since i've been in it but i understand the a lot of the mechanisms of the markets uh better than most and i think people need at least a very basic education we're going to talk a little bit today about the bond market and don't let your eyes glaze over i know that's not as sexy as who got shot yesterday in jackson for sure but it's important, and it's it's coming home to roost. My well, this big will frustration, affect us. This will affect us yes. more than the people that got shot in Jackson yesterday. Yeah. If you were affected in 2008, 2009, 2010, or in 2020 from COVID, you have got to understand what is going on so that you can make – let me tell you what I did the other day. Uh, about four or five days ago, I shorted the S&P because I understood what the markets, and I was watching some technical indicators, and I, I shorted it, and it's, it's turned out to be great. Yesterday, I, I invested in, um, not long ago, 
some precious metals miners. Not, not, I don't have the, uh, I didn't buy physical gold and silver, but I bought miners because I understand we're heading into a crisis. I don't know when it was going to be. As a matter of fact, I'm sorry it's so quick because I was hoping I'd have the rest of this year to accumulate more, put more money in there before it started taking off. But the, the, the funds I invested in, which are um, gold and silver and precious metals miners, I mean, they were up 11% yesterday. So if you understand this stuff, it's to your benefit, number one. And number two, politically, you need to start demanding. If you want to be a Republican, I was a Republican for a long time. That's fine. Push your Republicans to actually address the real issues in this country. And I'm going to explain to you what the Federal Reserve is responsible for. The Federal Reserve and our federal government, you name a complaint that you have. You don't like the welfare system? End the Fed. You don't like the warfare system? End the Fed. You don't like endless money going to the Department of Education to indoctrinate our children? End the Fed. You don't like politicians getting rich when they're in office? End the Fed. You don't like our failing, hyper-expensive medical system? End the Fed. This thing is, I call it the Death Star on my show. It is the nexus point of just about everything that everybody complains about on the right and the left. You don't like corporate bailouts? End the Fed. This thing is so important, and most people have no idea what it's about. Uh, they don't understand, you know, who runs it, who owns it. This is not a government institution. It's a quasi. They cooperate with the government, but it's it's essentially a group of private bankers who have used this institution to set up a system that benefits them to the uh, to, to the detriment of ninety nine point nine percent of the American people. Just think about where we have gone, and I don't care what president. I don't care what the GDP was. Think about where we've gone over the last 50 years. We went from a middle-class American family uh, having one parent that went to work pretty much 40 hours a week. Uh, They were able to own a home, a couple of cars. They took a vacation. They weren't taking out home equity lines. They weren't maxing out credit cards. They were living that American dream. We have gone over the course of the last 50 years to now you have to have two parents working And they're struggling to make ends meet, racking up credit cards, taking money out of their house anytime they can because it's the only way that they can keep keep up with the Joneses. This is not an accident. This didn't just happen. Um, This is a debasement of our currency that has got the working class. and, And this is the thing that drives me crazy about the politicization we see in this country. We're all getting screwed by the same people. We are all. I have plenty of disagreements with the left on a whole bunch of all wackadoodle stuff. We are all getting screwed by the same people. Everybody's you know, eating this inflation right now. People have got to understand this system. So a couple of things I wanted to do today that I don't think I did well yesterday. Uh, I'll tell you who created this problem. I'm explaining that to you now. And understand the Fed does not operate in a vacuum. They are enabled and encouraged by the political class in this country, Republicans and Democrats. If this is the first time you've ever heard anybody say in the Fed, that's not an accident. Republicans aren't going to say it. Democrats aren't going to say it because the Fed prints up the money that they use to dole out favors to their donor class. They couldn't do these things. They couldn't reward the military industrial complex with a trillion dollars a year. This is what we're heading to uh, if they didn't have the Fed printing up money for them to do it. So both political parties are captured by this institution that just creates money for them. The problem is, is that the collateral for all this created money is us. It is our future earnings. It's our kids and our grandkids are standing good. They are the collateral for this money printing. It's destroying our lives right now. It's de- we have a declining uh, standard of living uh, with this inflation that was. And, and the other thing about this, I'll say, 
this is not an ideological position that I have. Uh, what we are seeing right now uh, with this crisis, and it's going to worsen, we, we're going to go into a deep, probably dark recession, and, and it's not something to be scared of. A lot of people do really well in these things, so don't, don't think I'm doom and gloom. Uh, if you know what's going on, you're in a better position to not only survive but thrive during these times. But this is a mathematical situation that we're in. It, it, this is so it's not really even right or left or anything. I'm a liberty guy. I'm a libertarian guy. I want the Fed out of my life. I want the government out of my life, all those things. But we have a mathematical problem in this country that we refuse to acknowledge. You know, yesterday you were one of the first people that brought this up, uh, the benefits of being on at 7 in the morning. Yeah. And you brought up the uh, how they're going to, quote, unquote, bail out this SVB deal. And they're going to use the money – from the federal deposit insurance, FDIC stuff. Yeah. And it's supposed to only be for up to $250,000 per account, but they're going to bail out the whole damn thing Yeah, with this money. And Joe Biden got on there yesterday while we were on the air, so I missed it live, but I've heard it a dozen times at nauseum since then. And I said, this isn't going to tell us, cost taxpayers any money. This That's is the lie. money that the banks have paid into. The, the banks aren't paying that out of their profits. They're giving. That's the money that they charge us in fees that there, that goes to this FDIC insurance nonsense, and which don't get me wrong, I wouldn't be calling it nonsense if I had two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I need it back, yeah, but or a thousand dollars. I need it back, but um, they're they're going to take that. They're supposed to be capped out at two hundred fifty thousand dollars per account, and they're going to bail out all these bad investments to this bank. And people are like, well, the invest the people who invested into the bank aren't getting bailed out. I guess the stock type investment, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a, but but the bank. Is being, but you still trusted that bank to make bad investments on your behalf, and you're being bailed out because you picked the wrong bank. Yeah, and I don't know how big that problem is. That it gets really complicated. Now, most people who have more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars, even in a, um, you know, if if you have money in a money market account, it's insured a different way. Yeah. So some people might be. I don't know how much they're going to bail out, but you're right. I mean, he, but taxpayers are paying the American. Yes. I mean, quote unquote taxpayers. We're all taxpayers. The uh, yeah. the. Uh, uh, but 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 the money Americans are, ba- are bailing it out. The government ain't. They're taking our money. Yes. And I and I heard uh, Stephen talking about or a clip on his show that th- this they can do this through executive action. They don't have to go through Congress <laughs> to do this. This is why I've said you know people who who celebrate when their guys in office taking action. They call it he's he's making bold moves when he does an executive order. I I, I always say quit quit encouraging this. It's just a disaster. You'd have been proud. I had a I had an old old fellow that I've known my whole life on my Facebook page yesterday. I shared the podcast link to our show and promote that you were going to be on here again today and he's an old old school liberal and he said make sure you talk about the 16 banks that closed when trump was in office i was like oh at nauseum well sure i mean banks have closed i think uh maybe since the financial crisis we had 500 bank closures yeah um this this does happen this one just has to, happens to be big and the reason that it's closing and i'm going to explain this when we come back I, i'm going to explain how bonds work i don't think people understand it uh, and while it might, it might sound a tad boring, it's not because you need to understand these things for your own investing and to understand what's happening because you're going to hear a bunch of lies around this stuff. And, and let me tell you a couple that you're definitely going to hear um, because they do they they do the same lies every time. Uh, the first is they're going to say, "Well, we never could have seen this coming." They always act like you know the, the same thing. Uh, you remember during the financial crisis. Uh, housing never goes down nationally, uh, and then housing goes down nationally. And what they said was, you know, well, we 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 didn't see that. Nobody could have seen this coming. Let me tell you, there are people like myself 
who listens to very smart people out there, we saw it coming. Uh, I was a financial advisor heading into 2006. I quit because I refused to put my client's money into the market, which meant I couldn't make any money, which meant my firm couldn't make any money. So I just looked my boss in the face and said, I I can't put people in this market. Now, I was early, but it turned out I was right. I saw it coming. I, I was some idiot in Ridgeland, Mississippi at the time. I saw it coming. A lot of people see these things coming. And the other thing is they'll say, the Fed made a mistake by raising rates too fast. The Fed made the mistake by meddling in the economy in the first place and keeping interest rates so low for so long. They are making a mistake now, but they've been making a mistake for 14 years. They've been making mistakes to the detriment of the American people for over 110 years now. They started in 1913. This organization is probably one of the most important things in every single listener's life, and they have no idea what it is. Let's take a call real quick before we take a break. All right. Hey, caller. Up, they hung up. All right, let's take a break real quick. Hey, if you want to call in, uh, we don't take a whole lot of calls with Mike, so uh, t- t- try to make it. I talk stay, a lot. Try, try, to, <laughs> try to stay on topic this morning, 601-879-0002. The best way to get in, honestly, is probably going to be your guns and gear text line. I'll pass the messages along to them or the questions. That's 769-241-1944. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We are live in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studios. We'll be right back on 103.9 WYAB. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. We're live here in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studios. This segment is going to be brought to you, how about, by our good friends down there in Crystal Springs at Mercy House Team Challenge Automotive Center. Hey, look, man, if, if you're in the market for a ten dollars to $15,000 vehicle, they're going to be your place. I mean, that that, that, that is a very, very uh, – it's a hard-to-get vehicle right now, especially coming out of tax time. And the way the but people's budgets have been, you know, what used to be called a five thousand dollar cash car is now a ten thousand dollar yeah. car. There you go. Thanks, I'm, Federal Reserve. Exactly. And uh, the COVID nonsense and everything else has just got the market is going to be messed up for years to come as far as a supply demand issue. And uh, look, Mercy House Teen Challenge, due to the with the way they they get vehicles donated to them and people being able to and them having mechanics there on site to get them rolling and get them back into one hundred percent pristine condition. Uh, they're able to satisfy that market, and uh, they're located right down there in Crystal Springs. You can go find them on Facebook. Just go uh, Mercy House Teen Challenge Auto Center and uh, get a car. They they got financing available for folks with uh that there's, that's credit has hit a Jackson size pothole, and uh, of course you can pay cash. They have some other lenders available too. But one of the big things they do is if you donate your vehicle to them, since they're a five hundred one c three, you get a tax write off on that for the full amount that they end up selling it for. So maybe if you sold it, you didn't get but $1,000. Maybe they sell it, they rehab it, and they sell it for $5,000. And I'm just using round numbers here. You get that $5,000 tax write-off. Man, that's huge for uh, self-employed folks, especially or 1099 employees that have to pay into taxes. That's real money in your pocket or that, or that stays in your uh, your bank if it don't close. <laughs> I kid. <laughs> but uh, check them out. And look, and the great thing about it is at the end of the day, this all supports Mercy House Teen Challenge, which puts fathers back in homes, men back in jobs. Uh, our communities get stronger from it and all that good stuff. That's Mercy House Teen Challenge Automotive Center located right there in Crystal Springs. Uh, you can find them on Facebook, Mercy House Teen Challenge. All right. I'm joined here in the Mack Hike Flowood Studios by Mike Madison. And we are discussing the, all this banking stuff and the Fed and bonds. And Mike's going to explain to us 
kind of how bonds work, Mike. Yeah, this is, uh, I know it's not sexy, but it's important for people to understand what's going on because you, they are going to lie to you on financial media. The government is going to lie to you. The Treasury Secretary is going to lie to you. What the about mainstream Jim media? Kramer? Jim Cramer is going to lie to you. Uh, Jim Jim Cramer is just going to convince you to lose a lot of money. <laughs> but, you know, and I want to bring up one thing before I forget about it, though. You know, I'm, I'm talking about this Federal Reserve, and I'm just telling people it is so important. You know, and, and I listed off the welfare state, the warfare state, politicians getting rich, the education department. None of these things could be funded without the Fed. They just now they could. But but the politicians would have to raise taxes on us so so high to fund these things that we would be in the streets. We, we would, it, you know, politicians love the ability to grow our government without really raising our taxes. Now, of course, they're mortgaging our children and our grandchildren. And for some reason, us as adults don't put a stop to it we I, I don't know what we're doing i have so I, I can't stand what we're doing to the to future generations but they would have to raise taxes to have all these wars how quickly do you think these wars would be over how quickly do you think public sentiment would turn against these wars if we were asked to actually pay for them out of our pockets instead the fed just prints up the money adds it to the balance sheet it just becomes a debt and and we're not really affected and so the defense contractors, everybody make this massive amount of money because we, we don't care. It's, it's just like a credit card we don't even see. Well, imagine on your pay stub if it, uh, if it had war. Yeah, absolutely. Data. Yeah, war, uh, yeah, yeah. War, war donations. Well, for, that's what they did in World War II. People bought war bonds. You yeah. actually loaned the government money to prosecute <clears throat> this war. So when people believed in the war and they thought it was just, they loaned the government money. The government paid them a little bit of interest on it and paid them back. That's what we did for World War II. Now we just print it. And this inflation that you're seeing, I don't care what politician, and Republicans are bad about this, they're going to come out and tell you they're going to give you a tax cut. This inflation, this inflation is a tax, and it's the most nefarious tax because it really crushes the poor, the working class, and the middle class. And it is a tax uh, on all of the profligacy they've done through all this reckless spending. We feel like we're in the, in the timeline where Rome fell. Yes. I mean, well, this, yeah. is, this feels like yeah. we've gotten too big. For our own good. Yeah. And, I mean, and you can really start to see the chickens coming home to roost. Yeah, and that's what Rome did. They started debasing their currency. They took their gold coins, and they added 10% lead, and then 20% lead, and then 50% lead. And by the time the Roman Empire uh, dissolved, there was barely any gold. It's just a little bit of gold flake on the top of it. You know, that's, And that's what we're doing, just in a different, more sophisticated, digitized way. But, you know, you talked about COVID and supply disruptions in the car industry. If you don't like COVID lockdowns, if you didn't like businesses being forced to close uh, during COVID, you can thank the Fed for that. Because how did they keep people from being in the streets on that? They sent them out stimmies. Mm-hmm. They, they convinced everybody to stay home, shut down businesses, shut down churches. They bailed out businesses. They couldn't have done any of those things. People would not have put if – if the choice had been, hey – there's a there's a virus out there that's really you know might be bad for people over seventy. Everybody else, you know, you're probably going to be okay. They would have just said, "Screw you! I'm going to work. I'm opening my business. I'm serving food to my patrons." But the Fed was able to bribe them through the government with this phoned money. They just printed up five trillion dollars and just doled it out and said, "Do what we say. We're going to throw you a few thousand dollars here and there." That could not have been done without the Fed. So I'm telling you, this thing is the Death Star. Um, let me explain to you what the what the big financial problem that the banks are facing right now is, and it's it's bonds. And so here's how: when you hear about bond yields, that's how much interest they're paying. When you hear about bond prices, 
That's the cost it it is to buy the bond. So let me see if I can do this. I, I, I need like a whiteboard. <laughs> Imagine bond prices and bond yields, the interest that we get paid on bonds, as a seesaw. So when yields go up, prices on bonds that are already out there go down. When when yields go down, so when you interest rates, you know, when interest rates go down, the price of the bond, uh, formerly issued bonds, goes up. So it's an inverse relationship, and I'll explain it to you this way because this is what the banks are dealing with right now, and it's not just the banks; it's insurance companies, it's pension plans, it's everybody has got a problem right now. Let's say you loan, uh, I loan you a thousand dollars for ten years. And you pay me one percent interest on it. Okay, a bond is just loaning somebody money. You can you can get a corporate bond. You loan money to a corporation. You can get a government bond. You loan money to the government. So I loan you you know a thousand dollars for ten years at at one percent interest. And that's what's been going on. Those kinds of low interest rate loans for the past fourteen years before the the last. Uh, I don't know how far we are in this. What, they've been raising interest rates fourteen months or something. But anyway, for the longest time. People were it, like one percent was was accurate. So, so that's fine. You're just going to pay me ten dollars a year. That's the one percent interest on a thousand dollars. You're going to pay me ten dollars a year, and then in ten years you're going to give me my thousand back. That's how a bond works. You loan somebody something for a predetermined amount of time. Uh, they pay you interest on it while they're using that money, and then when it gets over, you've gotten all the interest while they had it, and then they give you your principal back. Okay, and then the bond is is over. Now, imagine, though, sometime in 10 years, I need that money back. But I don't have a covenant in this. I can't just go to you and go, give me my $1,000 back. You'll say, no, we agreed. Here's our contract. You gave it to me for 10 years. I'm paying you the interest on time. You can't call the loan. But I'm strapped for cash, and I need that $1,000. And this is what happens. Banks and everybody else, they, they buy bonds, government bonds or corporate bonds, but sometimes they need to raise cash, so they'll sell the bonds to somebody else during the term. So if I went out there and said, you know, I've got this bond with Clay and he's paying me 1% a year, uh, but I need to get, you know, I need my money. Here, will you buy this bond from me, Clay's bond? And then you would pay them if they bought it from me. But the problem is, is that when I try to sell it, now interest rates are 2%. Well, someone's going to look at me and say, why would I give you $1,000 for that bond that's only paying me 1% when I can go out into the market now and get a bond that pays me two percent. I'll make twenty dollars a year instead of ten. Or I just loan another guy a thousand dollars and pay him pay me back two percent. Right. They they have no interest in my bond with you yeah. because it's just it doesn't yield enough. So what I would have to do is say, okay, well I'll tell you what, I'm going to mark my bond down. I gave Clay a thousand dollars, so when the bond's up, you're going to get a thousand dollars back. But I need cash right now, so let me mark it down. I'm going to give you a discount on it. Uh, so that you'll make money on, you know, when you get the principal back later, plus the yield goes up. So let me tell you what, what the problem is. For me to make it equal, okay, so they could go out and get a bond of someone paying them 2%. For me to make my bond with you equal, I have to sell it to them at $500. Because 1% one per, uh, 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 of 1,000 is $10, but that's 2% of 500 if that makes sense i know this is so you have to lose 500 yes if i need the cash today i have to lose half the value of that uh, of what i uh you know what i have in that bond with money that you owe me just to raise 500 today this is uh you can just kind of imagine it's almost like a going to a pawn shop you know so this is happening around the world right now 
everybody has these bonds that have these small, tiny interest rates. And if they have to raise cash, now people can go out and get bonds. You can get a U.S. Treasury. Uh, you know, like a one year was trading at 5%. Bond market went crazy yesterday, so these have changed. But they, they can already go out and get bonds for 5%. So SVB and, and a whole bunch of other banks are holding all these low-interest bonds. Well, if they have to raise cash... They have to mark them down and get and like in our scenario here, I would have lost five hundred dollars. Um, on one thousand, yeah, on so one thousand, fifty percent of my money, right? Imagine that stretched out over what did they have twenty billion, thirty, forty billion dollars. Yeah, billion yeah. Dollars? I, I mean, mean, and this is worldwide the you, the world bond market. This is another thing I've tried to explain during my show. People know the stock market. There's CNBC. There's Fox Business. They talk about the stocks. There's the tickers. Oh, happy day! The stock market's up again. Whatever. The bond market dwarfs the stock market. The the U.S. the world bond market is somewhere north of a hundred trillion dollars, where the equities market is about sixty four trillion dollars. And this is how governments operate. Governments live and die by the bond market. Corporations live and die by the bond market. They've got to raise money, and the the rising interest rates has put people in this box. And I'm telling you, the the problem that we have is that this is insurance companies. Insurance companies take in premiums. They deploy that money. They buy bonds. They set up a portfolio to get a return on that money while they're holding it before they pay out claims. Pension plans. Pension plans for hundreds of millions of Americans, or maybe tens of millions. We don't have that many pensions now. They have got to have stable, sturdy investments. And the thing is, is that the bond market has always been kind of boring because it doesn't move and doesn't doesn't gyrate a lot. You know you have got a problem when the bond market starts lurching. Bonds are supposed to be boring. They're supposed to just inch and move around and be real stable. Yesterday, they went ape blank. And when you see the bond market rattling like that, that means that people are are selling bonds that they didn't want to have to sell to raise cash. Why do they have to raise cash all of a sudden? So this is just, this market is so important. And so when you hear these banks are having problems, like SVB, that was their problem. They had a bunch of low-interest bonds. When they went out into the market to try to sell them, they had to take a huge loss on that, and that's what started this whole thing. And they will not be the only case. All right, let's take a break. Come back. i got some questions about all of it, and I'm sure you've got a few answers. I want to talk about a post here I'm seeing on Twitter, too. Uh, kind of just says the media is in on it. One of our buddy Jameson Haygood just uh, yeah. shared this. I want to talk about that, too. We'll be right back live in the Mack Hiker Flowwood Studios with Mike Madison. This is the Clay Edwards Show on 103.9 WYAB. rules when necessary. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show, live here in the Mack Hike of Flowood Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studio, home of the three ninety nine dollars car payment, home of the in and out in an hour promise. That's right, man. Once you pick your vehicle out, you sit down and start breaking bread, do your paperwork, they're going to get you in and out in an hour. And uh, st- be listening Friday morning, man. I'm going to have a couple of the guys from Mack Hike here in the studio talking all things car business yeah you may learn a thing or two so tune into that a lot of good a lot of good knowledge there uh speaking of all the crazy bond markets and markets and banking and stuff like that 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 affects the car business that affects everything so uh, we're going to talk about all of it so stay tuned for that friday morning i'll have a few more details about that as the week goes real quick before we go any further this segment is going to be brought to you by stonington farm i'm trying to wear that out here the first part of the week because you need to get your orders in they're going to be up here friday in ridgeland Florence and Brandon making deliveries. 100% grass fed, 100% grass finished, hormone free. It's the grass fed difference. They're 
right here in they're not in central Mississippi, they're down in Perkinston, that's south Mississippi, down between Hattiesburg and the coast, a little closer to the coast. And uh, Mike's been a, a big supporter of theirs for a while. He eats their stuff. I've been eating it for a couple months now. I'll be putting it in an order myself. And uh, you can do the same. Go to Stonington Farm. That's Stonington with two N's, farm.com. Or if you got a pen, write down the number, 601-270-7048. Talk to Miss Katie Stonington and get you uh, get your order in. And look, I, I got one buddy of mine that just wants four steaks. Uh, we're going to get him four steaks. I'm going to get a few more than that myself, but uh, you can put as, as small of an order in as you want or as large of an order in as you want. You don't have to pick some certain package and get stuck with a bunch of cuts that you don't do anything with. Mike was just saying he's going to get some Chuck Eye. I love Chuck Eye when you can find it at the grocery store, so I'm glad to know that they have Chuck Eye available. <clears throat> don't everybody be taking my Chuck Eyes. I'm having problems getting I talked about them so much on my show. I think people started ordering them. They're, they're known as the poor man's ribeye. They're just fantastic. They're just kind of like a smaller cut ribeye. Mm-hmm. But now everybody's getting so many of them. By the time I get my order in, they, they don't have enough to fill everything I need. The secret to Chuck Eye is you really got to like your steak rare to medium rare. Yeah. Because if it's overcooked at all, right. it's just not as good to me. Yeah, I think you're right. But uh, neither, no steak is good overcooked. But Chuck Eye especially, it turns into a different piece of meat. Now, I'm telling you, the ground ch- uh, the ground beef is phenomenal. I defrosted two pounds last night. I was going to make some taco meat and forgot I ended up having some ribeyes left over from the other night. So I just ended up eating that for dinner instead of instead of cooking anything fresh. But uh, one night this week, it'll be taco night at my house. Mm-hmm. So, all right, but check them out. Look, man, they're like, again, they're going to be in town Friday. You'll need to get your order in, I would say, by tomorrow to, get, to be safe, to get it locked in. Stoningtonfarm.com. Uh, you're a grass-fed difference. All right, Mike, um, let me ask just a elementary question here for somebody who's trying to understand what's going on. Could this have been avoided? Yes, absolutely. What what could have been coming out of 08, I guess, that, that wasn't avoidable, so we got, we'll start there. What well, could have been done differently to— That was certainly avoidable, too. Well, All that of was, this stuff is created by the government and the Federal Reserve, this well, boom-bust cycle. Sure. So— but that was, but but it happened. So yeah. we're stuck with that point. We'll use that right. as our starting point. What could have been done differently to have prevented this sans COVID? Uh, they could have not. What the Federal Reserve did uh, to fix a debt problem in two thousand eight was encourage more debt, and they did it on steroids. Uh, they started taking on more debt. They just started printing money to try to paper over all of the problems uh, that we were having. They should have let banks that behaved, uh, misbehaved, that took excess risk, they should have let them go bust. And a better bank that managed itself better would have come in and absorbed the bank that was reckless. What they did was they bailed out the banks, essentially saying, take as many risks as you want. We're there to get you. You know, the two big to fail banks in 2008 are bigger and riskier than ever. Well, let me take that back. I take back the word risky. The too big to fail are now bigger than ever, uh, and and we're we're concentrating more towards these big money center banks. I, I take back the word risky because the big banks this time around, the J.P. Morgans, the Citigroups, the, the these big banks, they're actually flush with cash right now. The problem is not with them; it's with smaller banks. And I'm not trying to scare anybody about that. It's not going to be every small bank. It's not going to be every regional bank. But that's where this is centered this time. And there's an interesting reason for that. We may or may not get time for, but. Um, well, we got time. They could have just not. They could have just allowed the business cycle, the, the the markets, to dictate who survives and who doesn't. But they picked winners and losers. For some reason, 
somebody at Lehman Brothers, I guess, pissed somebody in the government off, and they said, all right, we're going to let you fail. The Bush administration said, well, we're going to rescue everybody but y'all. Well, there's a lot of weird things going around. But see, you know, the 2008 thing was a, was a result of the uh, dot-com crash. You know, money was sloshing around. Again, the Federal Reserve printing money and facilitating all this endless borrowing. Similar to the tech stuff. Yes. The, it, the, the woke tech stuff they're investing in. And well, I know we, it's easy to poke at the woke stuff, but it's a factor. Yes. Well, it, the know, ESG and all that stuff. Well, even before that, you know, the 1999, the, the Internet spike. I mean, that was another mania, another bubble that was blown up by, uh, you know, the, our monetary system here, which is encourages the speculation. When that blew up and we went into a recession, the Fed got busy slamming down interest rates and they blew up a housing market bubble. And then that one popped. And then what they did in response to that is they meddled again. They went in. They started printing a ton of money. They started smashing interest rates down to zero, left them there. I mean, we'd never done this before, I think, in the history of the world. So people don't understand these things. You know, one thing that I think is interesting about now, I think a lot of people now realize your medical air quotes here in the studio experts. Not so expert, are they? You know, we, we realize they, they are just they're just creatures who have slithered their way to the top of the system. This is your Fauci's. This is your Thomas Dobbs. I don't care who it is. The experts in finance are the same way. These people are not the smartest people in the room. Oh, when you listen to the Fed speak, you can't understand him. So people just think, wow, he must be really smart because I don't even understand this stuff. Thank God this guy. And he looks so calm and reasonable and everything. Thank God they're in charge. He's got no. a suit. Yeah, he's got a suit on. He speaks very uh, deliberately, and he uses a lot of big words, so we think he must be the expert. He's an actor. These people are they're, – they're playing us. And the Fed is an interesting combination of abject corruption. The Federal Reserve is owned by private banks. It's not a government institution. It is not answerable to the taxpayer. Now, the head of the Federal Reserve – is nominated and appointed by the president of the United States. That's about as close, you know, as you get to any kind of accountability. But they're never removed in shame, even though they do shameful, shameful things. They blew up the dot-com bubble. They blew up the real estate bubble. And now they've blown up uh, another stock market bubble. And we're, we're going to see the consequences now. Let's take a call from Derek real quick. Hey, Derek, you're on there, brother. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Hey, um... Mike Madison, how are you, friend? Good, Derek. What's going on, man? Hey, I just wanted to say real quick to go along with your point. No, you don't have to be a rocket scientist for these people. Right? You got to be able to see past BS. Yeah. Because you, you got to understand, the, the late great George Carlin said it. These people are us. We put them in office, and the people we put in office appoint these people. So maybe it's not politicians that suck. Maybe just maybe it's people that suck. <laughs> well, so no, these people are not smarter than us. We just got to be able to see past the BS. Well, you know, I've spent six years talking about the Federal Reserve, and again, I know it's not popular, it's not sexy, it's not what most conservative commentators do, but it's so important. I believe, you know, Henry Ford said, if people under truly understood the banking system, and this was his quote, there'd be a revolution. Now, he said, it is better that the American people do not understand the banking institutions, uh, the banking system, for if they did, there would be a revolution by tomorrow morning. That's what Henry Ford said back in the 1920s. People need to understand this. There should be a revolution. We should demand that this system be returned to the people and taken out of the hands of the bankers. Well, when the fractal reserve banking system was created and they finally and it was exposed back in the long ago, that's exactly what they've done. They hung them bankers. Yeah. So I got a I got a, a cartoon I want to send you and uh, well, I'll send it to Clay. I'm not. I don't have your information. 
It's called Who Killed the American Dream. It's really simplified, showing you exactly how they came up with the fractal reserve um, banking system and just who the key players are. And and you and they they give that brief history when when they first came out with the um, paper notes and when people caught on to what was going on, they hung them bankers. Yeah, Derek. Hey, yeah, got to take a break, brother. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. Right. Hey, Mike, I'm a I'm a let's do a cliffhanger here. I got a text on the Guns and Text line. A question from Josh and says, uh, "I guess I should have it pulled up." It says, uh, "So should we pull all our money? Should we pull all of our money and savings account out if we can? Invest in ammo and guns. What is a safe way to protect our finances? Think about it for a second. All right, and we'll answer it on the other side of this break. This is the Clay Edwards Show with Mike Madison live in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. We'll be right back on one zero three nine WYAB." Breaking rules when necessary. I'm going to hold off on another ad read right now because we're coming up to the end of the hour. But y'all make sure you support all these dang sponsors here at WYAB, especially the ones on the Clay Edwards Show. Hey, let, uh, to say that, this is going to be a very important time to support your local community businesses. Absolutely. We need to keep money. One of the th- reasons that I tell you now, the difference between now and 2008, and remind me, there is something that's very similar to 2008 that I just realized that's concerning. But... um Money is all flowing to the big banks, and it's interesting. All the stimmies go out. They go into the local banks. The local banks keep you know take all these deposits from all the stimmies and stimulus that they did. But ultimately, and people took it out and they spent it with local doctors or local, uh, you know, merchants or whatever. But then ultimately, the local merchants have to buy something from corporations. And anyway, all the money from the stimmies has now pretty much flowed up to the big money center banks. Yep. And that's why the regional banks are in trouble, and they're doing okay. All right, so I, I know I teased our question. We only got about a minute left. I, it's too deep of a question to, to get into in a minute. So I want to end this hour with this. I had a text a second ago on the Guns of Your Text line. And somebody said, can this be the last day that Mike's on? And, I, <laughs> and, and, and to that I say this, no. No, Mike's welcome back anytime he wants. And, and, and B, when something is this important, and I'll be the first to tell you, I, I, know, I know when I'm punching above my weight. I know when something's above my pay grade. And that's when you have guys like Mike that know exactly what the hell they're talking about. Come in, because this is something, as, a, as boring as it may sound today, is going to be really, really relevant when it affects your bank yep. and your pocketbook. So It's coming. It, it, it is. It is absolutely coming. And if, if Clay Edwards can see it coming, the, the, the people at our banks and everywhere else can see it coming, and they're not telling you. Yep. you know. So, so, again, you maybe have to knuckle through this today. And uh, I think most people are enjoying it because I think people are learning something. And I'm not picking on the texture either because I, I get it. Look, I, used, I talk I, about it on my show every time. This yeah. is not sexy stuff. I would have changed the channel uh, two years ago if I if I'd stumbled across this. But I'm telling you this is important. Trust me on this. If you trust me to listen to me every day for everything else, trust me on this. That's why we got a, somebody like Mike that is a nerd for this stuff in here t- uh, yesterday and today. All right, we're going to take a break real quick. We're going to come back, and we are going to get up to all your questions in the text line. This is the Clay Edwards Show live on 103.9 WYAB. In and turn up the volume, America. The banks are on the way to get you. 
the government's here. They're going to make everything okay. Yeah. We're live in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studios. This is your daily dose of reality radio. And Mike, I love that term, reality radio. People ask me about the radio station every now and then when I'm trying to sell ads. And they're like, oh, it's conservative talk. I mean, I'm like, it is Nexus. I say, but I, I, I coined reality radio. We talk about real life stuff, real, th- real life yeah. things that affect you from, from dating advice to being a man, to politics, to banking, to everything in between. You never know what you're going to get on the Clay Edwards show here. Yeah, you do a good job of spreading it out some. I think it's much more entertaining that way. I like to think so. And again, I, I, I know when I'm punching above my weight, and that's why I have a uh, quite the old Rolodex here. And a Rolodex, kids, that's kind of what you call your cell phone nowadays. <laughs> uh, I can call folks like Mike, and we can have good, good conversations. All right, this segment is going to be brought to you by our good friends over at... A1 Gear and Auto. Uh, I talked about them yesterday. I'm going to talk about them again today. Hey, look, in a t- in times of financial, I can make all of this make sense. In times of financial crisis, uh, a lot of people, maybe you're just going to hold on to your vehicle for a little while longer. Well, you want to make sure it's in good shape. You want to make sure it's running good. I just bought a car the other day. I got to get it by there and let them check something for me. Something, uh, something dinged this morning. But uh, look, whether it's your, you need brakes, you need a water pump. Your air's not blowing cold. Your heat ain't blowing warm. Your check engine light's on. Any of that stuff. Get it by A1 Gear and Auto. But above that, what they have been the leader in the industry in, in the market, is ring and pinion work. Your gears, your transfer cases, all that. I talk about it all the time. It's Jeep season is upon us. I'm seeing more and more of y'all out every day. You're going to buy these Jeeps from Mack Hike of Flowood. You're taking them somewhere like Rick's Pro Truck. You're getting them jacked up with your big wheels and tires. And I love it. It looks great. That's put it in my veins. And uh, But you're not getting the upgrade, the up, the up, upgraded uh, ring and pinion work done. You're just running those factory uh, gears. You're losing a lot of power. You're wasting money in gas. Take it out there to A1 Gear and Auto. Let them beef up your rear end, your front end with the proper gears and make that Jeep a beast. Or truck or whatever else, but uh, I know uh, we got a big Dodge Ram truck, something like that. Anyway, get it over there, A1 Gear and Auto, Highway 49 South in Florence. Let Justin and the team know that Clay Edwards sent you over there. I need to get them another stack of Clay Edwards show stickers, too. They were our Florence distribution center for our stickers. So A1 Gear and Auto, Highway 49 South in Florence, uh, right before you get to Gunner Road. It's on the right if you're coming from Jackson. Big white shop, big red sign. You cannot miss it. All right, Mike Madison. Want to hit a few of these questions real quick? Yeah. Well, t- yeah, let's hit a few of the questions. Then I do want to get to your uh, the, your your two ways out of this deal, and neither one of them are good. Yeah. Uh, one one fella texted in on the Guns and Gear text line and said, <clears throat> what about his 401k? Uh, what should he do? Just wait this out, or should I, or should I be freaking out a little bit? Well, I mean – if we end up in a recession, there's so many weird things. In a, and, man, time in the market is very difficult. And, the, and again, this is the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve keeps blowing up these bubbles in equities. This is what, you know, when Trump campaigned, and one of the reasons I voted for him in 2016 is he came out and told the truth. One of the first times I'd ever heard it from a politician, he said, this is a big, fat, ugly bubble. He wasn't a politician then. Right. And he was right. And I was like, holy crap, this guy is, is right. We're, our economy is fake. It is phony. It's a it's like an old Western movie. It's a facade propped up by debt and money printing. It's not true prosperity. Prosperity is savings. It's built on savings and investment. We're, we're based on debt. That's a, that's a house of cards. And he said these things. 
And, and then he got into the uh, White House, and his barometer, he thought, for the economy was the stock market. And so there's a lot of impetus uh, to keep the stock market up, and as long as they keep printing money. Here, here's the weird thing, and, and this kind of goes with what we'll talk about, the two paths. Sometimes if, we, if you end up with really bad inflation, one of the things that inflates is the stock market. Uh, the stock market, uh, you know, you have stocks, they're basically an asset. When they've been going up, that's actually, inflation has been in the stock market. Now it's in consumer prices. I don't know which direction the stock market's going to be in, and I don't want to give anybody any advice uh, on where it's going to go. You should understand what you've got in there. Um, you know, people thought last year, they thought, well, I've got, you know, I've got bond funds. Bond funds, that's the stable stuff. Well, last year it lost 20 25% because of what I explained last uh, last hour. So there's going to be some tough times coming, but, you know, if you've got cash right now, you're losing 7 or 8% to inflation. So there's not a lot of places to hide from this. I believe that precious metals is certainly good for at least 10% of any portfolio, having gold, silver, palladium, platinum, um, commodities might, you know, might play. But I don't know, and it depends on what the Fed chooses, and I'm going to explain in a little bit. that They only have two choices of what they can do going forward, and both of them are bad. And let me say this, too. It, again, I don't want to be doom and gloom. A lot of people do well in these situations. If you understand what's happening, you, you can position yourself and do better. Um, but the other thing is, we deserve this. I mean, I, I don't want to say that because it's going to hurt a lot of people, myself included. But we have lived – it is as simple as saying, you're not a prosperous family. You might look prosperous to the people across the street. If suddenly you got access to a bunch of new credit lines and you went out and you bought the boat and you did a full kitchen remodel – and you add it on to the house, and you got the new Lexus. Boy, to everybody, it looks like you're knocking the cover off the ball. Look at that, man. The Madisons are doing great over there. Well, it turns out, actually, what I just did was a bunch of credit card companies made me offers, and I, I just maxed out a ton of credit cards. It wasn't true prosperity. I wasn't earning more. I wasn't working harder. I was just borrowing all this money to give an illusion of prosperity. That's where we are. And I was doing it at 0% interest rates on my credit cards. Well, now... Now the interest rates on my credit cards have gone up, and I'm running out of credit. And that's the situation that the United States is in. And we, as a people, because people, you know, like the caller said, can you please get this guy off the air? Well, it is, and I don't mean his ignorance. It's the American people's ignorance of economics that's led us here. So can we start understanding this stuff so we don't let it happen again to our children and our grandchildren? we got to end this cycle. It's been going on in real seriousness for, for 50 years in this country now. And as I've said, we've gone from one one parent working to now two parents working, and they can't keep up. They're relying on credit cards and home equity loans. They're doing 84-month car loans now. That didn't used to be the case. No, I mean, look, I, people, obviously, I sell cars. People used to look at you like they were ready to fight you when you offered them 72 months. Like, yeah. I ain't paying for 72 yeah. months. Six years. Yeah, my, my granddaddy would kill me. Yeah. And now they roll right in and buy new trucks. And it, it, just to, because the price of the vehicles have gotten so expensive, they've had to stretch it out to make it remotely affordable. Right. For anybody, a buddy of mine bought a new ride the other day, and uh, he'll remain nameless, but his payment's 1300 a month on this thing. Yeah, I played a clip about that a few weeks ago. I couldn't believe it. Well, you know, here's the other thing, too, that people, you know, people looked at the low interest rates of the, of the past 14 years, and they got this idea that, wow, this is great for me. Look, I got this home mortgage. I got a mortgage on my home for 3%. Okay, yeah, so that's great. That's a great interest rate. It really is. Here's the problem. It meant you you overpaid for your house by probably 40%. 
Because low interest rates drive home prices up. You're not winning. You've you got a low interest rate, but your house is overpriced. As interest rates go up, you're going to see home prices are going to come down now. You're going to lose money on that house. And so um, th- these low interest rates, people saw uh, you know, how, it, how it helped uh, corporations, how it helped the stock market. It, it helped all these things. There was a price to that. And, and this is what we're about to pay right now. And if people would understand that, then they wouldn't be down with it next time it comes. It's just, it's aggravating to me. One of our other texts on the Guns and Gear text line from Josh, the initial one I teased was, you know, well, what do we do? Pull all of our cash out of savings and go load up, go out to Guns and Gear and load up on guns and ammo? Well, you know, what happened with uh, with these three banks that have gone under, Silver uh, Silvergate, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, and then Signature Bank, uh, Signature and uh, Silvergate were both, Probably some crypto relations. I haven't really studied those a lot. Um, uh, SVB is the biggest one. I think it was the uh, – I can't remember. It, it. It's the biggest one we've had since the financial crisis. But it's not a systemic problem bank. Yeah. And there is one out there right now, Credit Suisse. That's the one I keep hearing. Oof. They, they've been having problems before this even happened. But the market yesterday made a huge bet on the collapse of Credit Suisse. And the problem is, is that um, these banks – they owe each other money. And the problem is not whether Credit Suisse, and this was what happened during 2008, it's not that one institution goes under. It's who are the creditors that are going to have to take write-downs if this huge institution goes under. Credit Suisse is the one right now that is flashing red. It's been flashing red for a while. Uh, the Swiss or the European National Bank may move to bail them out, but that those things, those are temporary fixes. The, they don't they don't address the problems. But these first few banks are not systemic. I wouldn't go pull my money out of the bank right now, um, uh, uh, because we don't have a systemic problem. But you you need to be paying attention to it. Um, I, you know, I, I've got cash at home. I'll put it that way, just in case there's a bank holiday. If they, you know, we we have a history here of doing bank holidays. Well, they'll just close the banks for a couple of days. And and that may be just to let something pass, you know. I, I don't know. I would just be. I mean, I'm just talking about a few hundred dollars to get you through. But you know, if it all comes crashing down, it's gonna be very few places to hide. You know, I've noticed, and I, I won't name the bank here because I, 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 this is just something I noticed. But one of the banks I use, I, a couple of weekends in a row, I went through the ATM to grab some cash, and uh, it didn't say the ATM was out of order. It just said the ATM is currently unavailable. Something along those lines. Yeah. The wording was different. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, well, that, that's a little odd. Yeah. Once, yeah. two or three times, it's like, you know, are they starting to do this on purpose a little bit? Kind of cut, shut the ATMs down some, just that and the other. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm, I'm not even trying to be a conspiracy theorist here, but I just, you mentioned that and it got me to thinking a little bit. Well, yeah, I, I mean, our banking institutions are not, air quotes here in the studio, sound. The way I explained bonds to you earlier to real, to make people understand that these banks and insurance companies that hold all these low interest rate bonds, when you look at their balance sheet, they're still pricing them at the full value. But if they had to sell them, they may only get 50 cents on the dollar. This is the problem that they face. If they have to raise capital, they may have some real problems. And, and the rules are such that they don't have to really admit that on their financials right now because in honest, you know, if they hold the bonds they have to maturity, they won't lose any money. The problem is only if they need to sell that now, they need to get something now. Here's the one thing about now in 2008 that is a little similar and a little spooky. Apparently, the banks are not lending money to each other, particularly the big money center banks. And when you have – it's called interbank lending. 
and boy, this stuff does this gets complicated. So I'll just basically banks loan each other money. Some you know one bank will be a little short of their reserve requirement for a day, so overnight they'll borrow some money. You know. A, $500 million from somebody just to just to meet the requirements for that. But it's no big deal. This happens every single night. All kinds of transactions go on. Um, but some apparently, from what I've been, and I've done probably 20 hours of watching and reading over the past few days on this stuff because I'm so fascinated by it, the banks are not lending to each other. And what that means is that where banks would just loan to each other in, in normal times, because they know everybody's good for it. You know, the bank's got a good rating. I'll get my money back. I'll give them a short-term loan to make them. They'll give me a short-term loan, you know, down the road if I need it. And they just kind of cooperate that way through this uh, overnight lending market. Uh, they're not lending to each other. And what that means is, uh, I'm not real sure if I loan them money this time. I- I'm not 100% sure I'm going to get it back. That means when the banks start to get suspicious of each other, they're not sure who is a good credit risk. Um, that was what happened in 2008. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to hear the two outs, the okay. two options. Yeah, we'll do that and finish up with it, yeah. All right, this is the Clay Edwards Show. I'm joined live in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios this morning by Mike Madison right here on 103.9 WYAB. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. We're live here in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. And uh, we've got my good friend, Mike Madison in the studio, and I, you know, not to not to take y'all down the health path again, but uh, <clears throat> we've been doing so much of that. But uh, you know, Mike helped me tremendously in my weight loss journey, and uh, is a just a wealth of knowledge. And I was just sitting here telling him, <clears throat> I was like, man, I uh, I, I've been stuck at the same weight for a while, but I'm moving, I'm at, I'm not moving muscle around, I'm converting fat to muscle, and uh, we were just talking about, you know shortcuts to losing weight if you need to just getting in ketosis and those little pea strips that you can get at the grocery store those are a great way to stay motivated because you may be ready to kind of fall off the wagon a little bit you hit one of those little strips and like boom it's purple and it's like man i no bread again today yep no bread again today as the mandalorian says it is the way absolutely i'll tell you <laughs> I, I, I ate a po' boy the other day and uh, friday and i woke up saturday morning throwing up not because i got food poison or it wasn't great or all that Mr. Long's I'd had bread and gravy and all this stuff in one sitting and processed meat and all that. It did not digest well after not having that in my system for a while. Yeah. And uh, you were talking about <clears throat> going to get you a big pizza. That's what made me think about it was I was like, man, if I'd known I was going to get sick, I would have just got a big pizza. Yeah. That's my favorite food of right, all time. Right. Yeah. Make, and, make it count. Yeah. And, and that, now I have no interest in a bite of pizza or another bite of bread for the foreseeable future if that's going to be the the end result yeah well that's the one thing from not being up here and moving on professionally a little bit not doing the health show i I just that's one of my favorite things in the world there's just nothing better than empowering people i'm so glad you and allison do that every monday i heard y'all yesterday yeah yeah no no it's definitely something we're going to stick with and i ran into an old fellow the other day he's like man i love what you do he's i don't really listen to the health show i'm like well you should yeah i mean he's in great shape you know weight wise anyway i was like you should you you know it's, it's something for everybody there yeah, you know, we all need to pay attention because we're we're living. Don't we're, 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 what 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 did she said? I had a saying yesterday. We're 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 dying longer. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And I don't want to be old and not able to take care of myself. Yeah. Well, you know, I, we're we're talking a lot about wealth here in the economic system, but I'm telling you, uh, I can't imagine living a life having a ton of money but being sick at the same time. You know, it's uh, health. I think is the most important thing, particularly you know with what could be coming. You want to and. 
Y'all might have talked about it yesterday after I left. I missed the beginning of the show. But one of the sad things about what's happening to our economy, if we head into a deep recession, is people will start eating cheap, bad food, food, too. And, and it's, it, you don't want to be sick. You don't want to be surrendered over to this medical system at a time where, you know, the things are going haywire. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and I just tell people, like, the one thing, you know, if you want to, if you want to win the day, people talk about winning the day and short-term goals and discipline. What you put in your mouth is the one thing you do have 100% control right, over. Right. You have 100% control over what you put in your mouth. Nobody's holding you down and forcing you to eat anything. And uh, when, you can, when you can win that battle, you can literally it, – it, it does as much for your motivation and your self-esteem than anything. Well, I'll tell you right now, I, I believe the food's making us dumber too. And there's a – you know, the chemicals in our food, the uh, – the way it, it interferes with our brain function, I really believe we're getting dumber, and I think the food is one of the causes. There's a there's a ton of them. There's a ton of reasons why I think we're, but but the stuff we're talking about today, uh, people have got to become more more engaged intellectually in what's going on rather than knee jerk emotion, anger, outrage, uh, that kind of stuff. At, at Targets that just ultimately aren't going to matter too much if we're in full-on collapse in this country. Yeah, we're not far away from people watering plants with Gatorade. Yeah, I uh, believe it. Uh, idiocracy I mean, is a prophecy. It, it, yeah. it truly is. All right, so we've been teasing this for uh, about an hour now. What what are the two? What are the two options of the Fed? Okay, so here's the problem. What changed this time? What's made the Fed's job harder this time? Uh, in 2008, they could print up a bunch of money because we didn't have price inflation. Uh, we had other kinds of inflation. I mean, when houses went spiked uh, heading into the uh, housing crisis, that is a form of inflation. They smashed interest rates down, and so everybody was borrowing a ton of money for houses. So there was house you know, asset appreciation and uh, inflation there. But in 2008, they started printing up a bunch of money to address the crisis. Now, that's never a long-term situation, but they could get away with it because inflation was – so low according to their metrics. Now it was higher than their metrics, but not like what we've seen over the last year. This time is different. They can't do the same thing they did to to fix the crisis of 2008-2009. They can't do the same thing now because of the way, because of the inflation. It doesn't mean they won't, but they don't have it, it's going to have big consequences. So there's two choices the Federal Reserve has right now as I see it, and and I don't think I'm wrong on this. They can either let the financial system go into full-on crisis, which is going to create a, a huge a lot of job losses, a lot of uh, a lot of interruption of industry. I mean, they have to let financial institutions fail. Um, it would it would be a real financial crisis. It'd be very hard time for us for a couple of years, and and I think that they should. I mean, we we've lived too high in the hog. We're too indebted. We need to let. But if they if they let it happen, then they might save the U.S. dollar. Okay, so their choice of number one is let the financial crisis happen. Don't print up a bunch of money to try to plug all the holes and let the dollar survive. That's very important for us for the future. Short-term loss, long-term gain. Yes. Take the pain. The problem with the Federal Reserve and our government is they're always trying to mitigate every little bit of pain. But it's, it's like your health. When you've got little things nagging with you and something hurts here or something hurts there, taking something for that symptom and not addressing the root cause – Eventually, it will kill you. Um, it's kind of like people who have nerve issues and they can't feel pain. You know, we think to ourselves, man, that's pretty cool. You can't feel pain. No, that's terrible. Because what happens to those people is they ultimately die because they 
they burn themselves constantly and, and hurt their skin. There's all kinds of consequences to not being able to feel pain. The government and the Fed try to make it to where they can mask all of the pain. Well, we've got a chronic disease, and it's called debt. So choice number one, let the financial crisis run. Let some banks fail. Let businesses fail. Head us into a recession slash depression, and we rebuild with at least a viable U.S. dollar on the other side. The other thing they can do is they can print. They can try to address, and this is what I'm afraid they're going to do. They're going to print a bunch of money, just like they did in 2008. They're going to cut interest rates back down um, to save the financial system, to save um, Wall Street. And what's going to happen is inflation is going to take off. And this protects the donor class short term. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. it yeah, it, it does what it did in 2008. It bails people out. Um, the problem is, is that it. The dollar, the world will understand that our dollar means nothing, that there's just no stability to it, that we just, well, obviously, we've been doing it for forever. Uh, but they will have to print up that the crisis we have right now, the amount of debt out there is magnitudes bigger than it was in 2008. You know, we, what they, what they did, you know, they did an $800 billion bailout in 2008, and that was a monstrous figure to us at the time. I mean, I can't imagine what it would cost to bail out. Uh, JP Morgan now is worth 3.5 trillion. So the numbers are exponentially bigger. They'll have to print more money, and that will create huge inflation for us. And and I have said on my show, I, I warned people, I said, you know, if the Federal Reserve does not get a hold of inflation seriously, and they're going to have to wreck the economy to do it. You know, is, is uh, this may be a little off the beaten path right here. Is is I'm trying to think of a, of a comparison, another country that is that has gone belly up like we're heading. Well, how did, what was what was the the nexus of the Soviet Union collapsing? Uh, I mean, it was a combination of a whole lot of different things, but basically, it, I think it's very similar. I've tried to find I think about things. something in our lifetime here that people yeah. can can relate to to know that it can and not Rome, but something that's happened in, since color television, uh, and it's the collapse of the Soviet Union. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's going to be very similar. So I've tried to study, and this is where I tell people you need to get engaged in this stuff. I've tried to look at what happened. You know, who succeeded? It became a bit of the Wild West in in Russia. It's a ton of corruption. Oligarchs went in, and because they had, you know, when the government was, you know, taking itself out of a lot of markets, the state-run markets, you know, they gave the oligarchs sweetheart deals. I don't have those kinds of connections, but you know, I mean, it's like in the Depression. Apparently, lipstick was very popular. People made a lot of money selling lipstick because women wanted to at least look pretty, kind of feel good about themselves. So there's all kinds of things you can learn about historical things to figure out, oh, well, where should I pivot to? Am well, I, you know, Men still wore suits yeah. in the Depression. Yeah. I mean, like you look back at pictures from that era, you know, men were, men were still wearing suits. Now, some of them were too long, too short, too big, but obviously the suit game was uh, – yeah. What well, well, the suit business as well as lipstick was doing well during the Depression. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we survived these things. But, you know, my main reason and um, the only reason I come in here, people have got to know who to blame. I mean, they are going to try to distract you. The Democrats are going to tell you it's Trump's fault for deregulation. The Republicans are going to tell you it's all Joe Biden's fault. I mean, we have got to understand this system is rigged. Uh, Trump was right about it. George Carlin was right about it. This system has been rigged for a long, long time against the interests of the American people. And they have been allowing us to just kind of get by so we didn't notice the theft, you know. Uh, but I think it's game over. I think that they, you know, what it seems like to me is that they have looted the system to such an extreme now that it's unstable. You know, it just it just wasn't enough for them. I mean— <laughs> 
you know, what they did heading into 2008, I could do shows on, on what happened to create the 2008 crisis. Well, then they just they papered over it and started, you know, printing more money that floats up to the 0.1 percent. And it, it feels to me like this is a little bit of end game of this system. They have taken everything out they possibly can. So we just have to be aware that the new system they set up will not be designed for us. It will be a transition to something that benefits them again if we're not smart enough to stop it. So you you think like kind of like we both said that we need to take the short term pain or yes. by short term it could be two three four years five years but yes take the pain now come out come out more resilient and uh, yes and save the dollar yes I mean we we should have paid this price in two thousand and eight you know eighty percent of the people were against banker bailouts what did Congress do bailed out the banks. You know, they don't care about us. They do not care about us. I wish I could use the language George Carlin uses, but he says, they do not care about you. They do not give a blank about you. And stop thinking that they do. Quit lining up behind these political parties thinking, you've got your savior here. He really loves me. They don't care about you. You know, now that we've got abortion and whatnot out of the way in this country for now, or at least in Mississippi, we really need to be asking these politicians these kind of questions. We need to be looking at their voting records, you know, and seeing who is putting money behind them, who the lobbyists are, you know, how are, how are your Michael guests of the world voting on this type of stuff up in DC? These are the things that are going to affect us more so than, I mean, look, I, I was all for stopping the debt, the, the murder of babies. I would like to plug the border, but all of that's ancillary to, to our, our financial health. This is going to be the biggest story of 2023, probably 2024, 25, 26, 27 too. I mean, yeah. you know, but I, I could be wrong. Uh, the Fed may pull some other. I mean, they did things after 2008. I never thought they'd get away with. They did. And it sort of worked. I mean, just, you know, it patched us together. Um, well, then you, then you have a situation like COVID where tons of bad decisions were made and it, it completely ripped the ripped the bandaid right on off and showed people that it was kind of a kind of a bandaid over a bullet wound. From yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what they constantly do. All right. Let's take a break real quick. Come back. We've got about eight or nine questions in the text machine here that I think are really good, and we'll get Mike to answer those on the other side. Right here on 103.9 WYAB, this is The Clay Edwards Show. My special guest in the studio this morning is our very own Mike Madison. Check out his new podcast, or new radio show that he also podcasts every Wednesday and Thursday at 9 a.m. right here on 103.9 WYAB. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into The Clay Edwards Show. We're live here in the Matt Kike of Flowood Studios. And hey, look, man. I've got a bunch of questions about, well, Clay, what do I do? What, do, what does the normie get out there and do? Well, one thing you can do is stockpile guns and ammo. I mean, if, we, if the dollar completely collapses, you're going to need things to barter with. And ammo is going to be a great, great thing to barter with. And coincidentally, we have a sponsor right here on WYAB and the Clay Edwards Show, Guns and Gear, locally owned, locally operated, and they are the home of no-limit ammo purchases. Right out there on 51 North in Gluckstadt. So get out there, stockpile all the ammo you're going to need because bullets will be cash in a cashless society. And uh, no better way than to do that is to get out there to guns and gear and get that. But, hey, man, they're way more than just a gun store and ammo store. They also can take care of all of your gunsmithing and Cerakoting needs. And, frankly, man, just a cool bunch of folks who go out there and shoot the breeze with uh, concerning guns and ammo. So get out there, check them out. You can shop them online. 365 24 7 gunsandgearms.com. And make, make sure you're following them on social media. They do a great deal of the day, and it's always something cool, man. And it isn't just some old middle of the mall stuff they need to get off, some B stock stuff. This is always like premium, high end stuff. 
at, uh, at great deals. So follow Guns and Gear on social media as well. That's Facebook and Instagram. And again, shop them online, gunsandgearms.com, or go out there see them, 1716 Highway 51 North in Gluckstadt, right next to the all-new Booze Smokehouse. Guns and Barbecue, that, that's America right there. That's WYAB right there if there ever was anything. All right, Mike Madison, I got a bunch of questions here on the Guns and Gear text line, speaking of which. Let's see here. Y'all kind of bear with me. I'm running through this in live time here. Somebody, uh, unknown texture says, yes, guns and ammo. Also, uh, gas mask, water, food, medicine. You can survive three minutes without air, three days without water, three weeks without food. That should guide your importance. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, okay, so this texture says, what about the CPI index at 6% was released this morning and the effects of the Fed raising the rates again? Well, yeah, that's I didn't I hadn't seen CPI. I've been wondering because I've been on the show with you and I haven't looked. I mean, this is the problem that the Fed has. They cannot rescue the banks this time around. They cannot print this money. They cannot guarantee all deposits without printing up a ton of money. And if they print up a ton of money, it's going to stoke inflation again. And that 6% figure is a, a drastic understatement of what inflation really is. Um, they changed the way they calculate inflation back in the 1980, uh, 1990s to hide inflation from people. We all know. We've all been buying health insurance. We've been buying houses. We know when they tell us that inflation is running at 1.2%, we feel that it's been 5% at least. We live this experience, and yet they, they convince us, no, the figure's just 1.5%. They're in a box. So I guess uh, 6%, if that's what CPI came in, it's down 0.3%. So the Fed will say what we're doing is working, keeping interest rates up. Um, It seems like they want to keep interest rates up. But if we have a crisis and they retreat, that's that's when the fireworks go off. That's when it's an admission. Look, our economy is like a heroin addict. We're addicted to debt. Uh, We've been a heroin addict for decades now. And... They are attempting to pull that away from people. A crisis now is like a withdrawal. It's just like the, it, it, it is like a withdrawal. We can't survive any longer without just this endless printed money. And that's the sign of the sickness of our society. All right. Next, next person up, Roger, text in. And Roger's one of our best textures here, man. He says, what is Mike's standpoint on crypto?" Um, look, I am a, I'm a libertarian, so I absolutely love anything decentralized, love the idea of it. The problem is crypto has no, no intrinsic value. You can't value it. It's speculative at best. Technology is interesting. I want the government out of everything. I'd love if we just use competing crypto and gold and things like that for our money. Um, I don't know where in the world it goes, and nobody does. Anybody that tells you it's going to $100,000, uh, for sure, they're lying. Anybody that tells you it's going to zero and it's going to go bust and they know it for sure, they're lying. Nobody knows. Um, if At best, it would be a small port of a por- uh, part of a portfolio to me uh, if you just want to take a swing on it knowing that that's in your speculation bucket. Uh, well, it, it, we're just going to see. My biggest thing on crypto is even though I'm a fan of decentralized, I believe if it ever became a – if they want to roll out a central bank digital currency, they will outlaw Bitcoin. And yeah, I know everybody absolutely. says, well, they can't control it because they don't know who has it and all that other stuff. I don't care. They will scare so many people out of it that it won't be used. People are sheep. They will obey the government if they outlaw crypto. All right. 
This is from a retired bank president, Steve. He's one of our listeners down in Cape Coral, Florida. Interesting. So Steve says, these failed banks invested heavily in bond markets in the last 18 months. The Fed has been and may continue to raise short-term interest rates due to Democratic overspending and inflation concerns. Not going to get better for some time as these bond yields will continue to drop in value. Right. I mean, this is the problem. They've got a bunch of bonds with small you know, interest on them, with small interest rates uh, on them that are not worth what they paid for them if they have to liquidate them. This is what I've, what I've been explaining. The only, the only exception I have to his text there is this partisan view of it that it's only the Democrats. You understand that Trump signed some of the biggest, well, not some of, the biggest budget uh, deficits in history. Uh, the Republicans will give over a trillion dollars to national security. It's just basically who spends it. The Republicans are not fiscally conservative. They spend just as much as the Democrats do. It's just on things that maybe we don't find as objectionable. This is bipartisan. Thinking that you are going to vote your way out of this financial mess by changing uh, parties. I don't care if you're on the right or the left. Your party is not going to fix this. Your party is what got you here in the first place. You know who's responsible for this right now? Thad Cochran, Greg Harper, uh, Roger Wicker, Cindy Hyde-Smith, Trent Lott. Every one of them have been responsible for allowing the Federal Reserve to constantly print money to debase our currency. So never forget that. To think that this is all a Joe Biden uh, problem or a Nancy Pelosi problem is so – it just leaves us in this box, and it gives us this hopium that, oh, if we just get the Republicans fully in charge. No, the Republicans were in charge in 2008. I mean, the Republicans have have done exactly the same thing as the Democrats. And the reason you don't hear them talking about the Federal Reserve is because they use it as a slush fund themselves. I mean, look, we all know, you can go back and look, they all voted to send all this damn money over to the Ukraine. Yes. While we sit here and suffer. Yes. Every bit of it. I mean, it's just... They they, they play with people's heartstrings. Oh, you're supporting pooty-poo if you don't... If you don't uh, agree to us sending these hundreds of billions of dollars, and I heard somebody suggest yesterday they won't be the least bit surprised to find out as these banks start to collapse and whatnot and these companies start needing money, that the very money that was sent over to the Ukraine, that these investment funds end up scooping this stuff up. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a, to me, that's a very small side issue is the, the larger crisis here. Yep. All right, let's see here. Let me just clear up these texts, make sure we're not missing anybody. Uh, A couple people, have uh, they mentioned Greece and Venezuela as other comparisons, but we still feel like the Soviet Union is probably the most real comparison. They were a mega power. Yeah, I mean, I don't know we're going to have a full currency collapse Weimar Germany situation if we lost the dollar reserve status. But, you know, uh, we've still got a lot of things going for us I mean, we've got natural resources if they let us tap into them. You know, I mean, you know, I, I, we are not as weak as a lot of those other countries. And, and I'm not really saying there's going to be a Mad Max scenario in this country. I think everybody likes to go to the darkest place you know, yeah. possible. Um, it, it's possible. It's just going to be it's going to be painful. We've well, got to readjust our financial system. It's like we discussed during the break. If you just let. If you just let it fall like it's going to fall and let natural selection take its course. Free markets. Free market. Um, you'll have people who excel because they're the best at what they yes. do. 
because they're the smartest guy in the room, because they're the hardest worker. Not because, and I keep going back to this, not because of diversity, equity, and inclusion, you will have the people who earned it making it happen, not people who are given opportunities because they check off enough diversity, equity, inclusion boxes. Yeah. Well, it's like when airlines do something terrible and we go in and bail out an airline. No. There are airlines that do it right. Let the ones who screw up, who don't manage their money well, who... You know, let them go bust. And the good airline that's been responsible now, airlines, I mean, they're almost all on the federal teat. But, you know, in any industry, there's one, there are people who are doing it right. Let them gobble up the ones that took too much risk that failed. I mean, like I say, 2008 would have been bad. 2008, 2009, 2010. By 2012, we would have come out and all of the bankers would have gone, ooh, we can't take that much risk. You know, Biden came out yesterday and said, we're guaranteeing all deposits, right? Now, what do you think that's – what's the message that sends to the people at the banks? They're like, oh, we can take as many risks as we want. The government just said they're going to guarantee my, all this stuff. Let me get my bonus this week. Yeah. I mean, every one of these guarantees, these bailouts, they just reward bad bad behavior, and it tells them, go out there and be as risky as you want to do. The reason you and I don't take certain risks on a daily basis is because we're going to have to pay the consequences for them. If, if I had somebody coming behind me constantly going, oh, do what you want to, you know, go get drunk and start spending money. I got your back. Well, then I'm going to get drunk and spend money because you've got my back. I mean, there need to be consequences. And these you know, we keep telling people, well, we're going to bail this out. We're going to backstop this. The federal government's going to stand in here. They're going to take care of this. It just encourages bad, risky behavior. Well, if, if I go spend all of my paycheck on booze and food and my power gets cut off. That's the consequence. Yes. Yes. And, yeah, but, and so you go, I can't do that again. That sucked. I'm not going to do that again. Lesson learned. Yeah. Or if you go to the casino, bet all your money. It's probably more, more of a, a better analogy. Take it all to the casino and, and gamble it away. You're not going to be able to pay your bills at the house. And that's what they're doing with our money. They're gambling it away. Well, and, it, you know, we're like trust fund children. We, we keep it. just blowing money. We got to take a break. All right. We'll be right back on 1039 WYAB. Necessary. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. We've got about a minute left here with Mike Madison. Mike, I just want to tell you, man, thank you for coming in. Spent three hours with me over the last two days trying to break this down, figure out who we need to point the dang fingers at, which is everybody. Yeah. And explain this in a in a in a way that uh normies can understand and answering questions from folks. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Tell people uh, how to find you, um, where your show's at podcast all that yeah i'm uh nine to ten on wednesdays and thursday is now here i used to be nine to eleven every weekday now i'm uh, i've got taken another job and so i'm busy busy but i'm going to be uh, pre-recording some and maybe in studio for some nine to ten on wednesdays and thursdays you can email me mike madison at wyab.com i'm not on any social media uh, but you can find me there all right coming up next hour three i've got it's our grow your nose show with kelly's Green, it's your medical marijuana information hour. Coming up next, this is the Clay Edwards Show, live in the Mack Flowood Studios on 103.9 WYB.